if you want to hit that information, get it. I could go into it, but it took me about an hour to go through it last week and showing you why with the feast. But know that every feast is fulfilled by something. Passover was the, um, the Passover lamb. That's when Jesus died. The first fruits, Resurrection Sunday, first fruits. And the only feast we haven't fulfilled are the Feast of the Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Trumpets, now that ought to sound like a good time to come, doesn't it? The Feast of Trumpets, a trumpable sound, you know? And so that, I believe, starts this time frame. And then after that follows ten days of sorrow when, you, when the Jewish people uh, list all their sins they've committed over the last year. And for ten days they mourn those sins. And then on the Day of Atonement, then, then they have the sacrifice. And all the sins are covered for another year. And then they have the Feast of Tabernacles that follows right after that to where they live in booths for seven days. So we know that during this period of time, believers aren't going to be here. I know that by the, the Bible, and I went into a lot more uh, detail about the day and the hour, stating that then they didn't know, but we do because of our, the days that the feasts are going to start, because our science has da- got it down. But, um, and every day it changes. Every year it isn't the same day. So it's always kind of the same time when it happens, but after that time it could happen. So anyway, to get that, if you want to get it, I'm not going to go into that today. I'll try not to get there because that makes me excited. I'm excited about it. We could go home this week. That'd be okay. And they may be using this building here when we're gone, but I'm not going to be here. Anybody want to be here? If you are, there's a lot of sermons back there in the back you can play. Because you'll have a crowd. You'll have a bigger crowd than we've ever had in this church. Let's count the funeral that we, we had for Grandpa. This place was packed wall to wall. So anyway, Psalms 55, 1 to 6. <clears throat> Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying. Because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. David here, he was depressed, wasn't he? I'll tell you, he just wanted to get away from it all. He's had enough of it. His enemies were bothering him, and he wanted to get away. Have you felt that way? I know, sometimes, sometimes it's every day we feel that way. Man, I just want to fly away and get away from all this stuff, and I'm sick of evil on every turn that we see. I'm sick of what our government is doing. Aren't you? Well, hopefully we can do something about it this year. And I hope that, that they kick out every single senator that passed these unrighteous law against Israel. And I think God's going to judge us if we ever stand raise up against Israel because he said, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And those leaders curse Israel. So we are in trouble as a nation. And uh, the only hope we have is to pray and ask God to intervene and stay his judgment and allow us to vote righteous people in there. They will do something about it because that, that's all that's going to change. Otherwise... We're, we're just waiting for the flush of the toilet. 
because we're gone. It's, we're down, and I don't want to do that. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, perishable, and we will be changed. Hallelujah! I like that video because, man, didn't it startle you? When that, phew, it did me. Man, I was like, oh, okay. But that's what's going to happen. Exactly. And, um, Paul calls it a mystery, and it is to a certain degree because he has other things that he's discovered in the Bible when you study. How many know when you study this word, you're going to find stuff in there you didn't know was in there? I know I have, and I can read, I read through this Bible every year, and every year I find something new in it. And you can read the same verse every day for the rest of your life, and you can get something new out of it. Why? Because this book is alive. When we get God's word in our soul and in our spirit, it is life. Sin will keep us from this book, or this book will keep us from sin. That's the reality of it. And a lot of us know that to be true. Now, when we die, our soul and spirit go to heaven. But at the rapture, our soul and spirit is rejoined with our bodies. Only not this body that we have. It's going to be a revitalized, glorified body. Amen! Hallelujah! That's exciting! Now, some of you may not appreciate that, but some of us really, really are looking forward to that, aren't we? Hallelujah. So one day we will fly away, complete, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from... I'm trying to... I can quote it in King James, but I will concentrate on reading it. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are alive and remain are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be, so will we be with the Lord forever. In the clouds, one another. Let me go this again. I'll tell you, I, I get ahead of myself. My mind's working 90 miles an hour up here, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say Five to ten minutes from now. We'll do that last verse again. And so will we be with the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, if there was no such thing as a rapture, how can we encourage each other with these words? God isn't a liar. He didn't accidentally put it in there because he spilled ink on it, and that's what's come out. Caught up, the word for caught up is the Greek word habazo, or podzo. And it means a catching, to seize, catch up. Catch away, up, pluck up, pull, take by force. That's what that word means. And we say, people say, well, all the word rapture is in the Bible. You're, they're true. But that word is, and that's what that means. And so we gave it an, our word, which means rapture, not only physically, but we're going to be raptured in our spirit, aren't we, when we get excited about that? Oh, it's a great day we're going to have. Now, the rapture isn't just a New Testament theology. Some people think, oh, no, it's something new that they did at the, at 400 years after Jesus died. But the reality is it's in the Old Testament. I'm going to show you. I'm not going to give you all. I'm just going to give you enough to know. Job 19, 25 to 27. I know my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. 
My heart yearns within me. Job believed in the rapture. Because <clears throat> we all know Job is dead. This is Job was believed to be the oldest book in the Bible. And he knew that one day he would see God in the flesh with his own eyes. He believed in the rapture. Isaiah 19, 19 to 21. But your dead will live, Lord. Their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning, and the earth will give birth to her dead. Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the door behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of earth for their sin. The earth will be disclosed, the bloodshed on it. The earth will conceal its slain no longer. Come, my people, come into the room and let me hide you for a little while while the wrath is poured out on this earth. God isn't going to show his wrath towards his church. How many people have ever married a bride and beat him up? Ever heard of it? The only time that people don't do anything, that's when you say, oh, yes, dear, it's okay, dear. Oh, no, dear. After two years, it's like doing it, forget it. The honeymoon's over, right? <laughs> well, it shouldn't be over. I'm still on my honeymoon. <laughs> so when you do it right, you could be on your honeymoon. There's no law says it only lasts a year or two-year first argument. You can disagree, but that doesn't ruin anything. You just disagree, agree to disagree. So, uh, <clears throat> but that sounds like the rapture to me, doesn't you? And while the wrath is being poured out on this earth during the tribulation, during that seven-year period of time, and that, that night, then they know when the second coming is coming. The second coming and the rapture are two different things. I'll, I'll read those verses to you in a minute. Well, I think I put them in here. Let me see. Maybe I didn't. Yeah, I did, but it's a little further down. You have to wait for it. Anticipate it. It's coming. Acts 1, 7 to 11. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and the clouds hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when two men, suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. I can see it, I probably would have been there too, sitting there watching it, watching it, watching it, and just... Staring until the angel had to say, hey, what are you doing? He's coming back. So don't worry about it. You just go do what you're supposed to do. We've got too many believers around this world that are doing nothing but sitting on a pew. They're looking up, gazing, waiting for the Lord to return. And we've got so many people who say, come out to the desert. We'll wait for Jesus to come together. Don't go. It's a cult. <laughs> Because only Jesus is the only one that's going to come, and he doesn't do that. When he comes, that this is the second coming, every eye will see him. Every single eye. Not just believers, because we're coming with him. And in order for us to come with him, we had to get with him somehow, didn't we? And we're practicing horse riding. I'll be able to ride a horse back then, Susie. 
I'll be able to do it. I need to worry about him throwing me off. If he does, I won't get hurt. <laughs> so, but that's what we're doing. But he's not coming for those that have rejected him. He's coming for those that are looking for him. And that means not looking, doing nothing. It means occupy. How many know what occupy means? Keep on, keeping on. You do something. You go to work every day. You do everything that you need to do. But you're still looking for the Lord. I'm anxious for the Lord to come, but I'm not going to sit in my recliner and wait for it. God called me to do something. Help other people. Tell them about God. It isn't just about me waiting for him to come. And it isn't, people say, well, that's just an escape theology. You betcha it is. I want an escape, don't you? I don't want to be here for the tribulation. You want to be? Hey, first one to my house, George. <laughs> oh, I told my family this is a safe, they can have it, so you have to buy them for it. <clears throat> but the question is, if Jesus came today, like in that church service, would you be left behind? I, I, I made the observation, it was just the young people that were left. Us old people, we're going. <laughs> we know this stuff more. <laughs> so you don't want to be left behind. And I don't know what the percentage was. It was just kind of dramatized the effect of it and to get it on us so, so we know that something like that will happen one day. And we're going to be so excited when it does. Amen? Now, <clears throat> Matthew, or First Thessalonians 4, 16a. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Now, Jesus is going to personally come for believers. And he's not coming to the earth. He's going to, in the heavens. We will meet him in the air. How do I know that? Those verses we read told us. We are alive and remain. We'll be caught up. We will be yanked up. Right out of our clothes. Right out of everything that this world holds. Amen? So I know that, but he's coming by himself to get his bride. We are the bride of Christ. And we look forward to that day. And he's going to come for them. An angel will not come and get us. He doesn't leave that task to an angel. But there is a time he does. Matthew 24, 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Hallelujah. The angels are going to gather the righteous when Jesus comes back. He's going to grab all the wicked and throw them in the bottomless pit or throw them in that place. But the righteous, he's going to grab. And the elect, who are the elect in this verse? Do you know? We have a world out there that tries to make the church the elect. And we're not. The elect are the Jewish people. Those are the ones that God came, Jesus came originally for, was for the Jews. And they rejected him. And therefore, the gate got swung open wide for all of us to come. And I'm glad. You know, I love the Jewish people. And I love Israel. But I'm sure glad they rejected him because we got to come in. Amen? Otherwise, we would have had to be a Jew to come in, to convert to Judaism. But God knew they were going to. It didn't catch God by surprise. Say, oh, no, what have I done here? Jesus came, and I thought they'd fall all over themselves to receive him, but they didn't. They even crucified him. What is the matter with those people? 
He knew that he was going to die. He knew he would be rejected. But he knew it was the only way that he could die for our sins. Because no ordinary man could die for our sin. If you were perfect in every way, you could only die for your own sin. You could not die for anybody else's. Only a perfect, sinless man could die. And that's why Jesus came. And born in a manger. Took on flesh so he could die for us. That's the reason he came. Not so we could have a New Testament. It was so we could be saved and be with him in heaven. Because when Adam and Eve seed in the garden, it severed that relationship man had with God. And it broke God's heart. And that's why Jesus came. Because he wanted that relationship restored. And because of the cross, we have that relationship restored. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. I'm excited. There's no, no one will make heaven on their own. There's no road to heaven paved with good works. We do good works because we're saved, not to be saved. There's a big difference. I do a lot of things for my husband because I love him, not because I have to. Once in a while, I don't even burn his dinner. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to take pictures, I promise. (laughs) So... Dale Earnhardt was approaching the last turn of the last lap of of the Daytona 500 when his car was sent head-on into the wall at 180 miles per hour. He died from the force of his head whipping back and forth on his neck and by the force of his chin hitting the steering wheel. They believed that if he had been wearing a device designed to support the head and neck in a collision, he would have survived. But like many NASCAR drivers, he refused to wear the device because it interfered with his ability to drive the car. That choice cost him his life. Now there are those that are headed for a collision with the judgment of God. But see, the good news is there's a device, there's a way that God planned for us to be forgiven and saved and redeemed. But it will restrict our lives. It will change us but he changes us from the inside out. I tell people many, many times, I didn't give anything up except my sin to be a Christian. They look at me like, what do you mean? You have to go to church? No, I get to go to church. You say, we have to pay your tithes. Well, I paid my tithes to the devil for many years. And I'm telling you, I have more money from the tithes I pay to God than I ever did paying them to the devil. And I guarantee you that if, when you pay your tithes to God, not because I said so, that's between you and God, but it's because God said so. And I guarantee you'll have less flat, flat tires. We had a set of tires on our truck that only were designed for, what, tw- about 29,000 miles? We got like 50,000 miles out of them. He'll do that for you, and tires are expensive, aren't they? Same with everything else is expensive. So we need to understand that God gets his ties one way or the other. Doctor bills, flat tires, appliances going out. You can go on and on. You could probably name a few, couldn't you? So I'm just going to forget it. I don't care. Whatever that number is for you, that's between you and God. I'm not getting into it. I'm just saying that this is what God says. So, but if they want to reject this salvation, it's on them. It isn't on anybody else. But they can decide to accept Christ as their personal Savior and go to heaven, or they won't. The only people who are going to heaven are by those that are rejecting Christ. God did everything he could to save us. It's up to us. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16b through 17a. 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Hallelujah. Can you imagine a power so great that it can just raise the dead all over the world at the same time? Wow, I'll tell you, Jesus coming out of the tomb was a great miracle. But millions and millions of people out of the ground. It doesn't matter where they were at either. Doesn't matter whether they were in the cemetery. Doesn't matter whether they were on the mountaintop. Doesn't matter if they're the deepest ocean. Doesn't matter if they were cremated. It does not matter. Because God knows where every little atom of our body is. And he will take it from here and take it from there. And he will put it all together and give us a glorified body to put it in. Amen? That's exciting to me. Maybe it isn't exciting to you, but it is to me. In case you can't tell. I know, I'm just a very calm person. I understand that. This is why I got in trouble when I was in school, too. I went to school during the time where they could beat your kids. Do you remember those days, parents, anybody? I had teachers grab me by the hair of the head and beat my head into the wall. That's what's the matter with me. I had brain damage. <laughs> and they did all kinds of things. They paddled you, and when you, you didn't tell your dad. Otherwise, you'd get it again when you got home, wouldn't you? Aren't you glad you didn't have my dad? Things have changed now. And one of those changes cost us. Disrespectful kids, getting in trouble, all this other kind of thing, gangs. We didn't have a lot of that problem when I was growing up because they were allowed to, to uh, apply the seat, what, the rod of knowledge to the seat of discipline or something like that in school. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I got a lot of that. So, and some of us that are older, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but what I'm really excited about, and we showed that movie, Left Behind, it was all the chaos that's going to happen when it happens. I mean, there's going to be cars going down the road, and the driver's going to be gone. Oh, man, that's going to be exciting. Oh, some days I would say, oh, Lord, just give me a peek. Just give me a peek. Let me look as I'm going up. I want to look. <laughs> Because there's going to be all kinds of things happening. Airplanes without pilots. And there was a time frame in the 80s, uh, late 80s, that they weren't allowed to have two Christians flying a plane. Because they actually were afraid that the rapture might happen and there'd be no pilots. They did that. They don't now. But they did then. Because then that, even the world believed in it. Now we hear a lot about 666. They don't hear anything about the rapture. But it's going to be a great time. People disappearing all over the world. You be talking to somebody like it in that movie, you know, just clothes fall to the ground. It's going to be pandemonium on this world. And that's how it's going to be so easy for somebody to come in and lie and say, I know where they all went. It was a UFO. <laughs> Only in any UFO that's going to take us out of here, it's going to be Christ. Amen? Amen. They may not know him, but he isn't unidentified to me. But they're going to make something up because the people are going to be terrified. And they're going to give them a feasible answer. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that on that's going on, they will believe the lie. Not lies. They will be, believe the lie. Whatever the lie is, they're going to believe it. And it's, I think it's going to be what they did with us, what happened to us. And it's about time we got all these religious fanatics out of here, isn't it? Now we can really live and have freedom. Really? We'll see about that. Or you'll say, somebody will see about it. I'm not me. I'm not going to be here. You want to be here? It's up to you, but I'm not going to. And if you don't want to be here, you need to do something about it. Because if you don't, you will be. 
and you'll be just like those, those young people in that video. Oh, no, it is real. It's true. It happened. And I've been left behind. But don't worry. At least you know that seven years will be over. You just got to live through it. <laughs> and if you don't, you get your head cut off, then you're still going to be a Christian. You'll still be saved. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 4, 17b. And so will we be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Forever is a long time. How many know that? We can't picture forever. I tell people forever is like now all the time. Tomorrow is now when you're there, isn't it? The next day is now when you're there. It's now. That's what forever is. Years mean nothing to us at that time. It's like going on, being the last day of work before you go on vacation. Wow. It's exciting. But the only difference is when we come back, we're not coming back in these bodies. Come back with our glorified bodies. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so when we leave this world, we're going to leave some things behind. And the first thing is our sin nature. And I'm so excited to leave that behind. I'll tell you, we struggle with sin, don't we? And there'll be one day we will not struggle with it anymore. It's exciting. Revelation 12, 1b. Nothing impure, oh, I missed my, oh, excuse me. Nothing impure will ever enter in, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We won't make heaven only if we're unwilling to accept Christ as our Savior. It's the only way. It's our decision. People say, well, I'm remaining neutral. Well, if you're remaining neutral, you automatically voted against. That's the reality of it. I can't get saved for you. You can't get saved for me. I can't live for God for you, and you can't live it for God for me. We have to do it ourselves. Now, I'm so excited about not having to struggle, not having to worry about temptations in my life anymore. That itself would be enough to make you shout. None of the AA people that have problems that have got AA meetings won't have to anymore. It'll be gone. You won't even want it. You'll be no ah, any idea of anything like that. No matter what it is that you struggle with, it will be gone. You won't be struggling anymore. That itself is a reason to accept Christ, isn't it? <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 1b. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's up to us to eliminate things in our life of the things that cause us to sin. Uh, Rich was talking with me in the Sunday school this morning. He said, if you're an alcoholic, don't go to a bar to eat the peanuts. That's kind of what this is saying. If there's something that causes you to fall every time, stay away from it. Get rid of it. Now, I know there's sometimes that God gets rid of a lot of things instantly, but he won't get rid of everything in our life instantly because it's the struggle that makes us strong, like a moth turning into a butterfly. If you see a moth struggling to get out of that cocoon and you cut it open, the moth will die. When we struggle and we struggle to get out of that thing or get deal with that situation, then we'll be stronger and we'll be beautiful because the butterflies are a lot prettier than a moth, aren't they? Besides that moth's eat clothes, right? Uh, what's my next one? So, <clears throat> Revelation 21.4. <clears throat> He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old, old order of things has been passed away. Hallelujah. At the rapture, we'll leave all this sorrow and pain behind. 
Man, there won't be any pain for those of you this morning that have something in your life that's hurting. One day it'll be gone. I'll tell you, it's, <laughs> you just think about all these things that God wants to do for us. And there'll be no death. We've lost loved ones. Everybody's lost loved ones. There won't be any death. It's done away with. If you're alive when the Lord comes, you won't die. That itself is, is good news, isn't it? You know, cause people will say, oh, you know, I'm just kind of afraid of death. Well, I'm not afraid of death. Because it, you can't get to heaven without dying unless it's the rapture. So I prefer the rapture, don't you? Amen. Amen. I'm excited about that. So all the pain will be gone. And all the sorrow. And he wipes every tear from their eyes. If you're suffering this morning, if you're mourning something, God's going to wipe it away. He's going to make it all right, just like a parent with a little child when they come in crying and they comfort the child. One minute, it's going to be gone. One second, millisecond. They say a twinkling of an eye is one millionth of a second. That's fast, isn't it? I can't comprehend that, but anyway, it'll be gone. At the rapture, no sorrow and pain. Uh, Revelation 20:10. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet have been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hallelujah! When we go to heaven, we leave Satan behind. They won't need to worry about fighting with all that stuff because he'll be gone. He'll be in here forever and ever and ever. And that's where he deserves to go, isn't it? And, you know, God didn't make hell for people. He made it for the devil and his angels. But when the people decide they'd rather serve the devil than God, then they get to go where he goes. If you're in his bus to hell, you're going to go. God provided a way to heaven, an airplane to heaven. So we get to choose one way or the other. But we're going to be one or two choices, and it's our choice. So I'm excited about that. A Christian counselor was questioning a little girl who had already accepted Christ as Savior. She was trying to prepare her for temptation and asked, what if the devil knocks on your door to try to lead you astray? She replied, I'll ask Jesus to answer the door. You know, when the devil comes at you with temptation, let Jesus answer the door. We don't even worry about it. See, we could need to realize that if we just ask Jesus, oh, Lord, help me, he will be, he's in there instantly. All we have to do is call the name. I told you the time I was in that car going down that dirt road at 60 miles an hour, and I had two flats. Dirt road. Now, how many know dirt roads aren't the best place to have flat tires? And that thing was going, whoa, 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 whoa. and I knew I was going. And there was a two-foot drop-off at the side of the road, and uh, I was fishtailing all this stuff. And finally, I, and I, just as I knew the car was going to roll, I said, Jesus! The car did a 180 and whoosh, landed two feet down the other road from the other side of the road. Jesus! It's all it takes. Jesus! Because that name has power, and we have the power to use it. Amen! He left us his name. We struggle a lot, but we don't have to. We have his name. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us with power. His power lives within us. So we can do it if we just call on his name and let him do it. We can't do it. We'll fail, but he can. Philippians 3.21. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious bodies. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, I'm looking forward to that new body. And when I go, there's going to be clothes and metal laying on the floor. 
And I'm glad they put numbers on them, just so they know who it belonged to. It almost, almost makes you want to go out and get one, doesn't it? So they'll know who else went. It's an exciting time. We're going to have a body like Jesus had. That's how I, when I said those, we aren't going to have wings. That's how I know. Did Jesus have wings? No, he did not. I'm having a body like Jesus. And so is every believer going to have a glorified body. That means we can just think it and we're there. Go through locked doors. I mean, the first million years, we're probably going to be doing that a lot. Let's go to Pluto. Pluto, the asteroid, now it's not a planet anymore. So we go, okay, and we're there. Like that. That's fun. It's exciting. It's better than any amusement park. We'll have a lot of fun for the first million years. Well, actually, we'll have fun the whole time. So we're going to leave these bodies behind, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Matthew 8, 11. My father's house has many rooms. Oh, excuse me. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. When we get to heaven, we get to meet everybody that's mentioned in this book. Adam, we'll mention her, and Eve, and we won't want to smack her then. <laughs> we might hear, you know, there's times, say, Eve, you did this to me. Adam, you did this to me. But we won't. We'll be so happy to be there and talk to all these people that are there, not only the patriarchs of the Bible, but Paul, one of the greatest soul winners of all time, Dan, David the giant slayer, Noah the ark builder, you name it. We'll get to talk to them. It'll be an exciting time, and we will not have time to be bored. John 14, 2 and 3. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to be there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. I know I have so many trouble with these verses. I don't in King James, and it kind of rustles over the NIV because it's a little easier to read. Now, we don't have a mansion over the hilltop, although I love the song. It's a room in God's house. You say, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is if you have a room in your house, that means you have full access to the house, don't you? Isn't it? I want full access to God's house. No place will be off limits. I can go into the throne room, go anywhere I want. I'd rather have a room in God's house than a mansion on the hilltop. Oh, who's living down there? Oh, Jesus, down, down the hall. That's exciting, isn't it? Not always down two blocks and to the left. Don't matter, no matter how it is, I don't care. I'm going to be there, and that's all I, and I want each one of you to be there. 1 Corinthians 2 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. This world is a beautiful place, isn't it? But it isn't going to hold a candle to the new heaven and the new earth and our house or our room in heaven. We can't even imagine it. And I can imagine what? I can't even imagine gold streets. But we're going to have gold for pavement. And we won't need to worry about picking it up because we don't care. We're going to have a gate of pure gold, uh, the pearls, foundation walls of all these precious things. Man, I'll tell you, that's going to be a bright place. It's going to be an exciting place to go to. And I'm excited about it. 
A very poor dying woman was asked by her doctor how she could be so happy in death. She replied, because I'm getting ready to go from the poorhouse to a mansion in the sky. One moment, dirty wooden floors, the next, golden streets. One moment, cracked walls, the next, walls of jasper and gates of pearl. Hallelujah! It's exciting. Man, I'll tell you, I don't care what it looks like. I want to be there. I can't even imagine a pearl that big. Can you? And God didn't need an oyster to create it. (laughs) You'll get it in a minute. (laughs) Okay, hallelujah. And one glimpse of heaven, and we'll say it was worth it all. Revelation 22, 3. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. Curse is gone. There'll be no spiders. Oh, I'll be glad of that. I'll tell you, I was mowing our yard, and I went under a tree, and a spider fell right down the back of my shirt. Oh, I'm kidding you, that thing was biting me 90 miles an hour. And I'm screaming, going around. I'm doing pinnacles dance all over the yard. Randy finally heard, finally heard me, and he goes, oh, what's the matter? He says, something's biting me. And so he got it out, and he said, it was a spider about that big. Yeah, I hope it died. We couldn't find it, because I'll tell you, I would have been dead. So I won't need to worry about that anymore. No more spiders, no more snakes, no more, what is it, the rest of that goes? I don't know. Okay, no more those either. It's all right. No more weeds. I'll tell you, the weeds grow crazy, don't they? Doesn't matter what you do to them. You, we put, spray them with poison, and they just lick it up and laugh at you, don't they? No more weeds and no more bugs. Hallelujah. That's one reason alone, just to go to heaven. You're this curse, but no more. Now the curse will be removed. We have received many blessings, but our greatest blessings are yet to come as a believer. Run that last video, will you, honey? You can sing along with it. 